Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you, peace uh, from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So I don't know like, what you felt after hearing the reading uh, that we have before us today, but how about that good news? Hey, nothing more uplifting than the passage of scripture that's actually titled, uh, Repent or Perish. It's almost like you need a, like, a reverb in my voice when I kind of say that. Uh, maybe you even found yourself responding with more of a question than a word of affirmation when, when the reader read, read you know, the gospel of the Lord and, and you kind of went, Thanks be to God. I mean, you know, is that kind of what, I, what I'm thinking? So let's add yet another reason why you may not want to sign up to be a reader. Not only are there maybe some tough names that you have to say, but, but you get a text like that. But, but you know what? I got to tell you, I just love this passage of scripture because it's not only it's not only provides a challenge, but woven throughout this text uh, really is kind of this common thread that provides comfort as it speaks into the reality of suffering that, that many of us have, are, or will be dealing with. So let's take a closer look at our text for today, uh, where Jesus, after hearing about the Galileans whose blood was mingled with the sacrifices, in other words, what that means is, okay, so we got the clear picture of what that is. He said this, he asked them, do you think that because the Galileans suffered in this way, that they were worse sinners than all the Galileans? No. Or, or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? What's the answer? No. And there are a few things that I want us to notice uh, here. First of all, that Jesus not only directs the conversation here, but he answers it. And how often in the midst of some of the hardships and struggles of life, our, our, our minds drift. We jump to our own conclusions and, and, and as we seek to try to make sense of, of the suffering in life. And how often we wrestle with questions that oftentimes we can't answer. Or perhaps we're like the questions Jesus asked his hearers. We kind of know the answer in our heart. But for some reason, the focus begins to drift. We, we don't think about them or we don't reflect on them as we, as we should. You see, sometimes the greatest hurdle uh, to faith and seeing how God works in the midst of suffering is the tape that's playing in our own minds. That, that recording that goes over and over and over again. And if we were to simply just take a step back and ask ourselves some simple questions based in faith, we're reminded of God's presence and provision in the midst of suffering. We might cry out, Lord, Lord, where are you? And maybe that's something you've been crying out lately. Lord, where are you? But, but we look at the answer of our hearts and we know he's here with me. He's, he's walking with me in this time of challenge, in this time of hardship. And not only that, but, but where would Jesus shut down those destructive conversations that are taking place in your mind right now regarding the circumstances that you're facing? Where would he just step in and say, no, 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 you don't want to go there. No, I don't think you, you should go there. See, when self-doubt is crippling you, when all you can see is, is your faults and maybe the uncertainties, what would Jesus say? What word would he speak into your heart? And, and what word would he use to silence those, those fears, those worries and anxieties that are weighing on you right now? In fact, we see a similar model of teaching that Paul uses when he talks about Romans chapter 8 that was referenced last week where after Paul asks these questions, he says, who will separate us from the love of Christ? He gives this list. Well, hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. So basically what he's doing is he's outlining the, the sufferings of life. But what's his answer? Verse 37? No. 
No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So the first thing that we need to take away today is that Jesus not only directs the conversation, but he answers the conversation. So maybe when you're wrestling with that thing in your heart right now, think about what Jesus is saying to you in this moment. Secondly, Jesus seeks to shut down a destructive mindset and seeks to speak a word of truth. In fact, the context of our text for today is that Jesus is speaking into a society and into a culture with the understanding that, that, that equated suffering with sin. That if you were suffering, that it was a sign of sin in your life, that it was a visible, visible presence and sign of God's righteous judgment on you. That's what people thought when they looked at, at, at suffering in someone's life. And it's precisely that same mentality that Job experiences as his friends come up to him and looks at all the chaos, all the destruction, all the hardship and losses in his life. And they said, you must have done something. J just repent. Just turn and, and confess it and you're going to be restored. Yet it was that same mentality, right, that stirred up God's anger against Job's friends. And it's Job who actually intercedes for his friends to seek forgiveness for them for what they were saying, for that mentality. You see, Jesus right here is speaking to that destructive mentality. And maybe you've had kind of a similar philosophy as you're trying to make sense of what's happening in your life. You know, there must be a reason for my suffering. Or, or maybe you've run into somebody, or maybe you have even had friends who, who say something along those same lines that have this mentality that, that God is somehow punishing me. And how detrimental that mindset can be to our walk of faith, to our relationship with God. How detrimental it can be for, for our mentality and even our conversations about our understanding of who God is and how he works in life. And it's here that Jesus seeks to provide a much needed word of clarity by leveraging some of the most tragic situations that can happen in life where the unexpected happens. Whether caused by the hand of somebody else, something intentional as referred to with, 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 with what Pilate did, or, or as a result of an accident as referred to the fallen tower. And by lifting these two instances of something that was intentional and something that happened by accident, Jesus is dismissing the notion that these things were a result of God's judgment on someone's life. That neither the Galileans nor the 18 workers were to blame for what they experienced. And the reality is that we can also translate the same thought into our current lives as well. See, whether or not a person survives a terminal prognosis, or someone is killed in a tragic accident, or somebody else miraculously survives, or, or someone retains their job while somebody else loses their job, it's not an indication of their standing before God. See, bad things happen to everyone. It's a part of life, and what Jesus is doing here is he is speaking truth into broken situations of life. But how often we want answers, right? We want to make sense of those things that often don't make sense. And what's the first question that we ask in those times when things just don't make sense? We ask, well, why? In fact, if you were to finish this following question, why do bad things happen, what would you say? Why do bad things happen to... Good people, right? Good people. It's a question that many of us have wrestled with. It's a question that maybe you're wrestling with right now. In fact, what are some of the whys that you're dealing with right now? 
Maybe your why is, was why is, is a loved one dealing with cancer or suffering? Why have I waited so long to become pregnant only to, only to have a miscarriage? Why, why after dedicating my life to serving others that, that my body is, is failing me? I, I want to be faithful. Why after pouring into my children and pouring into the gift of faith, have they turned away from the faith? And not only turned away from the faith, but why have they turned from me? Why, after giving my mind for sharing for the gospel, right, does a doctor say the word dementia? Or, or why, after taking care of myself, there are those of you health fanatics out there that now you're dealing with an unexpected health concern. I thought if I did this and did this and did this, I wouldn't have to deal with this stuff. Why did they stop making Trix yogurt? I, I had to put a little levity in there, right? Because we're all dealing with a why. We're all dealing with something that, that is stirring in our hearts when it comes to, to trying to find that answer for why there is suffering in the world. And sadly, that answer is sin and brokenness. But it's this question of why is where many of us get stuck, trying to put the broken pieces of the puzzle back together when we really have pieces missing. And maybe that's where you're struggling with your faith right now, when it seems that, that you're just getting hit with one challenge after another, after another, another hardship and another hardship, and it's barely as if you feel like you can catch your breath before something else hits. Or, or maybe you're, you're just being hit this morning and reeling from some unexpected news. In fact, I gotta tell you, church, our hearts go out to all those who were impacted by the massive layoffs of these previous weeks. Uh, some of those have been compounded by stretch stretchers with family who have been dealing with some medical concerns and some medical issues. And what's the first question that's asked? Why? Why? And of course, that next one, well, now what? And to add insult to injury, it seems that, that while we suffer, the, the wicked prosper. I mean, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like, man, I'm trying to do my best. I'm trying to follow Jesus. I'm trying to, to live into that word of God. And it seems that those who, who deny him, man, they go unscathed. It's, it's like nothing's even happening in their world. Now, rather than getting into that, it's a topic that the scriptures are, are, are clear on. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, for example, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. And there's a whole lot of other ones like that. I instead want to take a moment to just focus on God's character. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, shares this. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. Think about that. Think about that depth of love. That those who, who mock him and even deny his existence still get to enjoy the gift of life. Meaningful work. Good food. The warmth of a beautiful day. The love of family. And at times we may be like, oh, that, that, that's not fair. I mean, I mean I'm devoted to God and I'm, I'm supposed to be blessed by him. God doesn't withhold these things until a person repents and comes to faith in Jesus Christ. And the reality is that we have received that same grace and that undeserved gift of God's grace. In fact, Romans chapter 5 verse 6, it says, while we were still sinners, while we were dis disconnected from God, Christ died for us. Out of love for us, he gives us and all people the blessings of life. Church, here's the deal. We have a God who's faithful. 
we have a God who walks with us. And instead of getting wrapped up in, in that question of, of why and seeking to get answers to questions that many of which we may not have on this side of heaven. What if we asked instead of why? What if we asked a different question in terms of the tragedies, the hardships, and the suffering of life? What if we began to ask instead, where do I find blank when these things happen? How would words like, like peace or assurance, strength, comfort speak in those times of, of hardships and loss? Where do I find assurance when bad things happen? Where, where do I find comfort when, when bad things happen, when the unexpected happens? In fact, I want you to notice what Jesus doesn't do in our text for today. He doesn't get wrapped up in that age-old question of why. And maybe the reason Jesus doesn't give an answer is because he is the answer. And I want to say that again. Maybe the reason that Jesus doesn't give an answer is because he is the answer. And in fact, throughout the scriptures, Jesus speaks into these realities and the hardships and the struggles of life with, with promises of eternal life, with words of peace and with words of forgiveness and restoration. Which, which brings us to our next point and our next takeaway, takeaway as Jesus uses this opportunity to speak a word of challenge as well as a call to repentance. By lifting up these two situations, right, where brokenness has, has happened at the hand of another, where, where the other one was at, at, as, as an accident, right, where, where lives were tragically ended in both situations, Jesus is inviting us to consider what does it mean to be in a right relationship with God? To have our hearts set on Jesus Christ in those times when those unexpected things happen. And notice he uses the same response to speak into those, both those types of broken situations. Let's look again at our text for today. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. In fact, it's not something that we should ignore because Jesus says it twice. In both those situations that are caused by somebody else or caused by some sort of accident. But perhaps it's referring more so to a spiritual disconnect, right? Maybe in terms of not necessarily having those exact things happen to us or to impact our lives. But maybe it's, there's a spiritual disconnect that Jesus wants to warn us about, to challenge us to think about, and to invite us to turn from. In fact, in this moment, as I read this text, I, I can't help but think about my own life. If an unexpected tragedy happens in my life and, and, and my, my world would come to an end, am I in a right relationship with God? Am I in a right relationship with Jesus? Am I ready to be in the presence of my Savior at any moment? And even the phrasing of that question, what I asked, is a witness and testimony to that answer, right? It's exactly what Jesus did. Are you ready to be in the presence of your Lord and your savior. If you think about it, the true tragedy here in this text that Jesus is referring to in both of these instances is not death, it's not suffering, but a missed opportunity to live in and live out the gospel good news of Jesus Christ. To live each moment and every day knowing in our heart of hearts that our lives are held securely in his hand no matter, no matter what may transpire. 
In fact, immediately following our text for today, Jesus goes on to, to share a parable about bearing fruit, about our lives being a witness, even in suffering, to that hope and that assurance and that strength and that comfort that we have received in Jesus Christ. In fact, it's part of your homework today. And because now that you have a little bit of background of why Jesus tells this, this story here, because most often preachers focus on that story rather than what, what's happening before it. But now that you have a little glimpse of what's happening before it, I want you to read it. And then what I want you to do is I want you to reflect on those questions. Where do I tend to focus in times of suffering? And then what I want you to do is I want you to go through each of those pieces that were highlighted today as part of how Jesus responded to suffering. And just ask yourself, how does just Jesus' direct answer and, and conversation uh, shut down, shut down uh, a destructive mindset and speak a word of truth? It uh, doesn't get wrapped up in the why, but speaks a word of challenge and call to repentance and new life. See, the question that I want us to wrestle with today is what are we going to do with the challenge and call of Christ on our hearts to turn to him, to repent, to receive new life, to, to even in those times of suffering when, when life turns upside down to truly be grounded in that firm foundation of Jesus Christ. In fact, as, as you come forward for communion today, what I want you to do is I want you to take just a moment to kind of truly take stock, to ask yourself, how have I been living? And to, to repent and receive that gift of forgiveness, that grace that Jesus wants to speak over you and into your life, whatever that challenge you face, whatever that tragedy, whatever that hardship, whatever that loss is that you're dealing with, allow Jesus to speak into that, into your life. You know, in just a moment, our ushers are going to wait upon us for our, for our tithes, gifts, and offerings. But as we think about it, maybe what we confess today is that we haven't leaned into Jesus as we should in the midst of those trials, those temptations, those times of suffering. In his name we pray. Amen.